If you liked hearing Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson provide secrets on negotiating for total compensation, dealing with microaggressions, or simply being able to just be your authentic self, then welcome to season two of Secrets. Are you one of the only on your job? Do you wonder why the same type of people continue getting promotions? Have you dreamed of getting to the top but don't know how? Welcome to Secrets Season 2, a podcast devoted to showcasing dilemmas faced by underrepresented employees in their quest to climb the career ladder. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have experienced the corporate grind for more than 20 years. Now they want to share their adventures, pitfalls, and C-suite secrets that they've learned along the way. So let's fill up those cups and get started. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Ricky, what's happening today, my brother? Man, you know, with all the nonsense from 2020 and now the continuance of this in 2021, there's so many emotions and things going through my mind right now. Keith, how did that song by Mavis Staples go back in the day about being heavy on my mind? Oh, yeah, Marva. She said... We did everything we could to slow this world down, but my love is in the ground. It weighs so heavy on my mind. Man, I think Clev Nouveau was saying it too. They like, were saying heavy it too. On my they mind. took it. They you did. know, all the time. You know, in all honesty, man, one thing in particular really has me stuck right now. Uh-huh. I was recently having an external coaching session with a C-suite level individual, right? So yeah, yeah. I say C-suite level individual because they supposed to know better. Yeah, they supposed <laughs> you know what I'm to. They supposed to know better. That don't always right? happen, though. We know that. I asked this person what they wanted their legacy to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, and after a long, uncomfortable pause, you would have thought that I asked this person to solve a parabola <laughs> in math, right? You yeah. know, or yeah. even something even harder than that, the homelessness crisis. Oh boy. You know, yeah, he like, just had that look on his face like he didn't know what to do. It was uh, like a baffled, okay. a befuddled, okay. you know, look, right? Yeah. So this leader said to me, I try not to get involved in all of the external stuff. I just focus on running my business and working with people who share the same focus and don't get distracted. Ricky, I can't. I can't right now. It happened. Okay. <laughs> you know what happened? That's the damn problem, right? As BIPOC people, black people, we have so much noise going on around us all the damn time, right? We got black boys and men being killed by police in Minnesota, Chicago, and all these other places. We got Asian folks being harassed and assaulted for no reason in cities across the country. We got transgender youth being stripped of their abilities to be their authentic selves. I mean, we can't put our heads down and just focus. There's too much shit going on. And I guess that's the luxury or the privilege, if you will, of being in the majority. Yeah, I mean, KP, working in HR, I constantly have an internal struggle going on where I see leaders continuing to justify not hiring individuals for leadership positions when they are overwhelmingly overqualified for these roles with respect to their undeniable credentials. Yep, yep. Okay? They got it. I.e. education, transferable industry experience, and more importantly, sponsorship. So they got the receipts. They got everything. They got everything we ask them to have, but we find a reason not to hire them, right? 
in a lot of cases, they are denied because of intangible items, that, whether it's internal or external applicants. It's not in their span of control. They, control. they can't control that stuff, <laughs> right? right? So in the spirit of keeping it 100 with you, my brother, right? The denial comes down to the applicant not having the complexion for the connection. You got it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the hiring leader is just in this moral dilemma mm-hmm. with whether or not they should do the right thing versus choosing their loyalties with doing the white thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> you oh know boy. what I'm saying? It's a conundrum. It's right? a conundrum. It really is. Well, we're going to call it a conundrum today. <laughs> in this episode today, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world today and why it seems like there's this fight between right and white. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. And we'll share some stories that we faced during our careers when confronted with doing the right thing versus the quote unquote white thing. And we'll provide some receipts on the impact of not leaning into doing the right thing and how to combat bias in the workplace. And finally, we'll close out today with a double dose of secrets for employees and employers on how to do the right thing. Man, so look. As we're kind of setting the stage with the definitions here and how we're going to kind of combat this and kind of talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. There is some crazy shit that's gone down in the last few weeks where corporations, our government, and some white people seem just to be stuck. Just stuck. I I mean, mean, I think about that. All this stuff that's going on right now with all these voting rights bills. Mm. I say rights in quotes Mm -hmm. because it's not really rights. It's really suppression. Look at how that CEO at Merck, who is black, had to jack up his peers and get them to put out statements against all these crazy ass voter suppression bills that are being introduced across the country. Right. It's like if he wouldn't have stood up. These corporations would have just sat back and just not said nothing, right? Speaking out should have been a layup. But you have all these companies just kind of gnashing their teeth, grinding and holding off on whether or not they should say something or get involved or not. It's just crazy. And again, we talked about in past episodes the importance of voting, right? Right. And what we know for sure is the dominant culture will not take an L. They will not okay? take an L. <laughs> not going to take an L. They're going to fight and, and if they take an L, they're going to go back and change the rules. Right. So that they don't take an L So they again. don't take an L the next time. Okay. That's right. I mean, this is, he who has the gold makes the rules. There you go. Right? You know? Mm-hmm. So, look, damn, Keith, we're joking about it. Yeah. But I hate for us to be right in certain situations. Right. But in season two, episode one, when we first started this, we spoke to corporate America's predictable instincts when it comes to stuff like this. Sure did. But unfortunately, here we are again. (laughs) It's not even been like two months. (laughs) Here we are again, man. We're 10 episodes into the season. With the voting rights bill, police killings, mass shootings, and anything that causes a leader to take a definitive stance, that's where the limbo game starts to kind of play itself out. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stop. Like, what do I do? What you do know I what I mean? Do? What do I do? All right? So no one wants to be the leader that takes a bold step to lead the cause for BIPOC causes, 
or inequities that impact people who do not look like them or the majority. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. We know this, right? Like, so the brother yeah. steps up for Merck, you know, and he takes a stance. But if others were to do this, mm -hmm. it could potentially damage their own standings within their social construct. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That, that fear factor yeah. is like, hey, I'm not sticking my neck out. Everything's good over here. Conundrum. <laughs> Can we say it again? Dilemma? Yeah, exactly. What do I do? What do I do? And now you got these knuckleheads in Congress trying to form this America First Caucus, right? Mm -hmm. That will focus on protecting the quote-unquote Anglo-Saxon values. What the hell is this, right? Well, what we know it already is, is it doesn't include anybody with melanin. Nope. <laughs> not know, a drop. So we're talking about them, not, a not drop. us. Not a drop. Them, not us. Exactly. Anglo-Saxon even, even excludes people who think they white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you think about this caucus. I mean, the proposed description of this caucus has the same language as it was used 100 years ago to deny Polish and Jewish and Slovak and Asian people entry into the U.S. and regulate them to second-class citizenship. I mean, it's like, what is going on? I mean, again, we kind of talk about the Jedi mind trick, right. making you think, you know, something is the right thing right. to do. Mm -hmm. But in essence, it has like a hidden agenda or a hidden meaning. Totally. You don't hear. We're not making this stuff up. We're, We're not, talking yeah. about current. Look, I wish we didn't have relevancy right. for some of these times, right? Like, all these examples right in front of our face right now. And we weren't even going to talk about this. Not at okay? all. Okay, but again, the joy of giving keeps giving to us, yes, right? So we give to it's you all, gift. right? It's the so, gift. and of all of these stories going on around us, it has me thinking about some of the shit we've experienced in our own careers. Yeah, no doubt. And we've both experienced kind of these well-intentioned kind of teachers and neighbors and colleagues and managers who cause harm by not doing the right thing, right? And one of the things that I hate hearing the most is when someone says, we can't respond to every single incident that happens. What do you want me to do? Man, KP, I'm going to try and keep this story as PC and incognito as I can, mm -hmm. right? But there have been several situations over the course of 2021. We only in April. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm saying several means we just get you know, started. A few, not a couple, right? Where I have been in a dilemma with myself, mm -hmm. okay? Like this internal dilemma with myself and a leader. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And a leader. So, okay, now my grandmother used to tell me when you're getting ready to say something, you know, if you say, <laughs> Lord, you know my heart, you know, that means you can say whatever you need to say. say and you, you need but to you say. keep it 100, right? Because the Lord, he, he, he with you. He know what you're he trying to you say. Now. He, he know what you're you trying now. to say, right. right? So the Lord knows my heart on this situation, okay? And this is not a lie. But with the recent violence against the Asian community, and regardless of what you think about any of that stuff, like, yeah. again, it's violence against somebody violence. with melanin in their skin. Right. Someone who is not white. And only because somebody called this shit the China flu or the, you know, the whatever. What, oh, what it is. Uh -huh. It's like, come on. So specifically, I recommended that a leader asked me my advice. OK, what yeah. should I do? And I recommended that a leader make a statement to showcase 
their organization's stance against violence against anyone. Mm-hmm. Like violence against anyone it's is wrong. bad. It's okay. Wrong. You don't gotta say black lives matter. You don't have to say anything. Just violence against anyone is bad. I thought it was this was a key moment in this leader's career, right? Yep. Given that this leader was relatively new to managing and leading at this scale and magnitude, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. This is your moment when people yeah, get you to see shine. you. What do you, you stand know, for? This is what like uh, what we say, like, this is that playoff moment. Yes. You know what I'm saying? This is like no time left on the clock and you at the That's free right. throw line. That's that defining moment. <laughs> it's your you one shining moment. This is it, you know? And it was important for this leader to set the tone for their employee population as everyone is always waiting to follow the leader in these cases, yeah. right? Well, what would the leader do? Up. What mm-hmm. would the leader do? Do you know what this cat said to me, man? I could probably figure it out, but go ahead. <laughs> well, first off, I said cat. So you know I'm about to tell you something, <laughs> right? Like, go ahead. This is like when you start a sentence with, look at here. Yeah. <laughs> or you say, come trying to tell me, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Come mm-hmm. talking about, like, Go something like that. Like, you know it's about to be something. It's a wrap. So he said, Ricky, <laughs> we can't respond to everything. There you go. This stuff is going to happen, and we just have to keep working. Besides, I don't want to be the initiator of these types of statements. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> like my boy Devin says, like my friend, my brother Devin says, Man, I was hotter than fish Ooh, grease with this statement, right? You know what I'm saying? He said something. I was hot, man. I was hot. But again, we have this struggle being black leaders. We have to like not be overly zealous. That's right. You know, with our right, Because now you right? have an agenda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I had to figure out how I was going to respond. But literally, as a leader for a publicly traded company, and the leader of people. And you asked me what my advice was. Right. Okay. This is your responsibility as a leader. No doubt. No doubt. This is your responsibility. That's right. It totally is. And as I listen to it, I mean, that's just some BS, Ricky. As you mentioned at the start of the podcast, I mean, all this stuff is real. And especially the stuff around hiring also, mm-hmm. when you think about it, it, stuff is real. I mean, I've seen multiple occasions where a white manager will eliminate an equally qualified person of color, candidate of color from the process, or sometimes it'll come down to that binary choice between someone who's black and someone who looks like me. But you know what, Keith? Most times, they're just not a good fit. I can't really put my finger on it, Cultural. but they're not really a, yeah, they're not a good fit. I mean, damn the Ivy League education, damn the the results in their personal receipts That's and right. everything else. It's just not a cultural fit. Exactly. In my gut. So they got this conundrum, the yeah. right thing <laughs> versus the white thing. Oh, the white thing. <laughs> right. And I've seen it time and time again. They will choose the white candidate nearly every time, even though... They have all these glossy diversity statements and diversity metrics in place about how they want to do the right thing. And I can just say in nearly every job I've had at some point, I've had to make a case for a person of color, BIPOC employee being picked for a role. I've won some, but I'm going to say I lost most of them. Oh, man. Well, look, brother, the few that you have won really matters, Mm -hmm. right? But the ones that we, because it's not just you, you know. We all lose them. Exactly. We part of this village. We part of this system, right? But the ones that we lose, 
it just seems like it takes a lot out of you. It does. Like, it's man, exhausting. It's, Black exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, you know what? This is like our sister queen, uh, Teresa, Teresa said, man, it's probably more like debilitating at times than not, right? This mm-hmm. shit takes a lot out of you, yes, right? Because after these conversations and you've presented the facts and you've done this and that, and now all of a sudden it goes a different way. And look, you're not going to win every battle. No. But damn, I sure don't want to win. I don't want to lose way right. more than what That's I'm right. winning. Can I at least be 500? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And as black leaders, which I mentioned earlier, we have to balance our quest for influencing non-BIPOC leaders to do the right thing at all costs, no matter if that means going against the basic fabric within their own DNA of doing the white thing. Yes. I mean, it's comfortable to say, well, yeah. and you can validate why you need to do this. I mean, right. we can call it cultural Constantly. fit, don't have the industry knowledge, whatever it is. Whatever you can it al- is. Always make always a case. justify. But making the bold hiring decision, making the bold social recognition decision, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, we're going to put out a statement. Right. You know, hey, we're going to do this. That's a that's, tough place that's to be in, man. That's a tough place to be. You know, want to put stick your neck out. Right. And the impact of all of this really is, is that BIPOC employees are just kind of left wondering. We're just out in the desert wondering if we can really trust institutions and trust our white colleagues to do the right thing in these pivotal moments, these defining moments. Right. You're absolutely right, Keith. And I mean, I think we have memories like elephants. Yep. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We don't forget shit. Right. Right. You know, like these situations keep happening and they're similar situations. Right. And we remember what you did the last time, and you kind of continue to do the same thing. And we keep seeing it. Right? We keep seeing it. So, in essence, like the moral to the story for me is being silent is not a neutral position. Nope. Right? Like being silent is not like, well, I didn't say anything. Well, shit, you didn't say anything either. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So, silence in my mind communicates approval of the status quo and signals your values and norms for appropriate behavior in the workplace. Yeah. You ain't gonna press the issue. It really doesn't impact you, so you're not gonna say anything. Not gonna say anything. But I'm, you just sent me a message. I, I know exactly where you stand And think now. about it, look. God rest Brother Floyd's soul, but white people really weren't thinking about this shit, man, until- They saw it. Until they actually, until they couldn't deny it. Yeah, you could not Cause not they kinda, see that. They kinda heard about it, but it was like, well, if you just, just do what they tell you to do. Right. Then everything would be fine. Or, you know, it was something else. Something else. You know, but being silent. So now we got everybody trying to figure out what to do. Right. Okay. But we know absolutely the moral to the story here is the silence is not a neutral position because you're going to continue the status quo by being silent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot of potential negative consequences, all of this stuff of kind of doing that quote unquote white thing versus the right thing. Right. First off, I mean, especially within BIPOC communities, this increases stress on us. It can lead to mental health issues Mm -hmm. that we have to deal with constantly. I mean, we talked about this so many times. This is the external static. This is it right here. We talked about it. Like, and think about it. We talked about this last year. Last year. This is okay. one of my very first episodes Before of we talked about all this other stuff. We talked about stuff. And none stuff. of that stuff ain't even happened. George Floyd ain't happened. Yeah. Breonna Taylor had, None of that stuff yeah. happened when we talked about external static. Yeah. So. No, no, none of it at all. But again, you're so very right. I think the other potential negative outcome is I mean, I just think about how I felt 
that day when this leader, he paid me for my advice. Yes. Okay, he paid me for my advice. And I felt like I wanted to get the money back to him. Right. right. Because it was like, <laughs> you weren't even like listening to me or nothing like that. Right. It was like our sister Amber said, he was, this is performative. Yeah, totally you know, for him, right? So yep. he came to me to get some advice, but then just, just basically poo pooed on it. The yep. whole thing, the right? The whole thing. So in my mind, another potential negative outcome for me is it kind of made me angry. Yeah. Right. So and yeah. I'm only thinking about, other employees mm-hmm. who work under this leader, right? So, I mean, a potential and negative outcome is angry and disgruntled employees. They're they going to be mad as hell. When your boss, you know, or your leader is not taking a stance or is kind of on the line. Watching, wishy yeah. squishy. It's like, what the hell, what man? What is going on? Like Devin said, hotter than fish grease. Yeah, hotter than fish grease, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and another potential negative consequence that I think about is that at some point you just stop you don't give a shit you just stop being loyal to these companies and to these institutions at the end of the day you're just like if they don't care about me yeah why should I care about that <laughs> exactly well I'm gonna get 100 yeah yeah exactly right? you know like I mean shit they had a chance to do this and they did something different right. you know what I mean and we have constant stories about this stuff but and somebody who's listening right now is like yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, and the last one I'll point out in terms of negative consequences or outcomes here is it's slow or no progress on tackling societal issues, yeah. right? Just put your head in the sand and it will go away. Again, we can't respond to everything. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the first. I won't be the first. Some, let somebody else solve this and then we'll come through and we'll, we'll, come through we'll just it. ride their coattails. Yeah. We'll just kind of skate through. So exactly, and again, we spend more time at work with our coworkers than we do with our own families. Yeah, you got to look at yourself in your mirror, in the mirror, and say, "I'm proud of the work that I do." Especially if 2020 wasn't like a reckoning for you, 2021 is shaping up to be damn near the same there, if not worse than the rebirth. Yeah. So my (laughs) thing is, when your kids ask you, like I always say to people, they they say, "Hey, what motivates you?" I look at like when the little ones look at me and they say, hey, Pop, why did you do such and such? Or mm-hmm. my whole thing is like when the shit was going down, like what did I do? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I want to be able to respond to that That's right. in an yeah. authentic way. Mm-hmm. And I think as leaders, when we start thinking about what you want your legacy to be and this, that, and the other, at some point you're going to have to answer to that. When your yeah, kids you ask you a question, kids you know are. when you're lying. They know. They totally know Employees when you're know when you're lying. And employees know too. <laughs> exactly. Because we like to treat employees like they're kids. Yeah. yeah but no. they both know. So look, Keith, at the end of the day, man, I know... We get to talking about this and we can go on forever and ever about some things. But my favorite part of the show is is what we're getting ready to get into right now is the receipts. Because, see, we can talk forever, but we're not making the shit up. We know we don't make it up either. Okay, there are facts that solidify what we're talking about. And we don't just come up with episodes and content just for the sake of coming up with stuff. No, because we got something to say. We got the facts to talk about it. So, Keith, why don't we just start off, man, we're hitting with some of these receipts. Yeah, no doubt. And today we'll share some receipts on the impact of not leaning into doing the right thing and how to combat bias in the workplace. And this first receipt, Ricky, one of the things that we know is that doing the right thing versus the white thing often comes down to unconscious bias, Mm. right? Mm. 
And many people don't even know that they're doing some harmful shit. However, unconscious bias has a huge cost. And a recent study from the Center of Talent Innovation showed that employees at large companies who perceive this unconscious bias are three times as likely to be disengaged at work. And it costs U.S. companies between $450 and $550 billion a year in lost productivity. Mm. So this all has a cost. Yeah. People don't even think about this. This also impacts retention and innovation. Those who perceive all this bias in the system are three times more likely to say that they are planning to leave their current job within the next year and 2.6 times more likely to say they've withheld ideas or market solutions over the past six months. They've been checked out. But think about it. Like, why am I going to give you some extra information to make you look good when you don't give a damn about me. You don't care about me. This is like the epitome of a bad relationship. It is. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to keep coming back to this. I mean, that's like a powerful receipt, you know, right there. And, Mm -hmm. And thinking about the 450 to 550 billion per year in lost productivity. I mean, think about how hard it was to get us to get this stimulus package yeah, passed, right. or how hard it was to get us to get certain things passed for right. the under represented. These voting rights. Crazy. Immigration. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, go look all. you start to see a pattern. Yeah, right. So check this out. I'm going to kind of dial it back just a little bit here in receipt number two. So in a recent Harvard Business Review research study, they documented that 13% higher job satisfaction on average Mm -hmm. in employees whose work experience incorporated social purpose than in those whose work did not. Okay. Like social purpose. And again, we're talking about a changing of the guards in terms of the generations entering the workforce right now. Like the generations who are entering the workforce right now they out there putting in their work. They, they are. out they there putting they, in their work. They're they, raising their fist in the air. And they trying to like, now they may not be as organized as the 60s right. and the 70s, but man, they out there trying. They out there. You see what they I'm saying? They out there in but the streets. These, but these are the people who are out there working right now. Other studies, so just to bring this full circle here, mm-hmm. right? So I, I know a lot of times we talking is U.S. centric. Right. Okay, but I'm going to kind of break this out. This same study mm-hmm. make this worldwide, right? So other studies reached similar conclusions. For example, the Happiness Research Institute in Denmark found that a lack of workplace purpose is the biggest culprit in job dissatisfaction amongst the Danes. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, you can be like, oh, this is just U.S. Right. We're talking no, about. This is global. Hello. You know, another European study. So I'll make this quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another European study found that incorporating social purpose into work boosted job satisfaction within two months. So this is a quick win. Yeah. You know, corporations like quick wins. Exactly. This is go. it. This is it. In go. fact, so many studies around the world linked social purpose to job satisfaction that researchers who systematically reviewed all of the evidence say that the relationship is indisputable. Indisputable. So we're talking about as a leader, if you don't want to make a stance, mm-hmm. If you don't want to make a statement, right. if you don't want to come out there and say what you believe in, mm-hmm. it matters. People are watching. People are watching. People are watching. It's a layup. <laughs> Here's one thing that was interesting to me. In another Harvard Business Review uh, article, 
they just coined this term called woke washing. Uh-oh. And this is where companies appropriate the language of social activism into marketing materials. Oh, Lord. Here comes the fine print fuckery here right here. Go, that's right. <laughs> here we go. Here we wow. go. Here we go. This, these empty statements can be seen by all the impacted groups as pandering statements mm-hmm. of solidarity that gloss over all the internal inequities that are going on and are only intended to drive profitability and positive PR. <sighs> How many times have we seen this? Yeah. So again, it, like you can make a statement, but if it's just a statement, but your own house yeah. is not in That's order. That's what they say. Don't throw a brick at a glass house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Your own shit ain't right. Oh, God. Like, yeah, exactly. So check this out, man. Receipt number four. And I'll, and I'll, I'll try to, I'm emotional about this today yeah. because, you know, a lot of shit going on. It's right a lot now, going right? on. But receipt number four for me, in a recent qualitative research conducted by theconversation.com, okay, mm-hmm. they interviewed black executives. They didn't interview me. Okay, right, but I'm you. sure. But I'm sure everything is really <laughs> close. I'm, I'm sure everything is 100, right? But they interviewed black executives and their allies, okay, to discuss how to combat systemic racism and racial bias in the workplace. So you already know, mm-hmm. okay, this is yes. about to be some heat, right? Mm-hmm. Three key themes emerged. The need for a reciprocal relationship, Mm -hmm. the need to engage in uncomfortable conversations, and the need to make connections outside of work. Yes. Okay. Outside of work. The executives found the strongest support when their allies recognized their talents Mm -hmm. and helped them apply these talents more effectively in the workplace. Reciprocity, baby. Yep. And that support was more authentic and trustworthy when both parties benefited from the relationship and learned from each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, this is yeah, not rocket science. It's man. not rocket it's, science. It's like, I don't know why it's so hard. But we needed Harvard Business Review and we needed theconversation.com to, the to, right yeah, to be able to do this, right? BIPOC executives need advice on how to successfully navigate racism traps that may exist in the workplace. They might be unaware that some of their actions or approaches are being perceived negatively in the office. These difficult conversations can strengthen relationships. Yeah. Every time. Bing. Don't be scared. (laughs) There you go. There you go. We're talking about just talking. We ain't afraid of those conversations. (laughs) Y'all get over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing. Not the white thing. That's right. right. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So today, we're actually doing a double dose of secrets. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up those receipts, we're going to share a double dose of secrets for you today. So grab that pen and paper. We're going to talk about how to lean in to doing the right thing. So first, here are the three secrets we'll share on what you can do individually to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Number one. Okay, now, again, I hope you got your paper and your pen, you know, together. Don't be silent. Number two, hold your company accountable. Number three, make space for discussion. Yeah, those are some good ones. And that's secret number one. Don't be silent. 
if it hasn't come across already since we've been talking in this episode, it should be obvious now. And we've all heard that phrase, silence equals complicity, mm-hmm. right? As a boss, as a manager, as someone who's trying to do the right thing, acknowledge what's go- just acknowledge what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Use these moments to reiterate the company's values and to take a stand against racism, police violence, bias, whatever the case may be. And to show that you're like paying attention. Yeah. To show that you're like you're just you know, present. <laughs> exactly. You're not oblivious. I'm just trying to like get the company's numbers. I'm trying to get the shareholder right. success. Like be active. Be active. Make it clear that you're committed to making these changes that promote equality, justice, and fair treatment for everybody, right? And acknowledgement isn't just some quick impersonal announcement that you're putting on the email or a press release or whatever it is, right? If you don't know what to say, Educate yourself on the facts first. Mm -hmm. Get deep into understanding what's causing the pain and the harm, that racism, that injustice that's going on, and get that education from reliable sources before you open your mouth. But don't wait too long. But don't wait too long. Because we know at the rate that we see BIPOC people getting damaged and abused. Yeah, you got to be ready. You got to say something. That's right. You going to wait to the third death? Yeah. (laughs) Three weeks out. Yeah. The moment has passed. It's gone. The moment has passed. Keith, secret number two, in terms of holding your company accountable, is the company living up to its mission and vision statements, Mm -hmm. right? We want you to memorize those so that we can kind of hypnotize you with them, right? So you can recite it, first response and all of that type of stuff, right? It's Are they natural. creating positive impact for the groups they purport to help? Yeah, we got all these flashy statements. They look good. They look good on paper. We didn't got all these groups to be able to kind of, we didn't pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to help craft a good statement. That's right. <laughs> you know, but That's right. it's the work behind it. Actually happening. Because yeah. we know the gaps in pay. Yeah. We know the gaps in promotions. We know all these gaps. Yep. And it sounds good. If we say, hey, we're working on it, be patient. Uh-uh. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Ain't nobody got but again, time for hold that. them accountable. Hold, hold them, them accountable. accountable. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And the third secret for individuals is, and especially as leaders, you need to create an environment where all employees can have a safe and comfortable conversation around race or gender or whatever, right? Again, this can be in group or individual sessions. But the key is that you as a leader, you have to lead. That's why you're getting paid all the big bucks. This is why you get the big bucks. And you have to be an active participant. And you have to be vulnerable at the end of the day. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. That's right. And if you don't know, now you know. (laughs) You're going to have to share your own reflections and things that you've been struggling with. Yeah. Absolutely. That honesty and transparency will go a long way because that shows that you care. One thing, do not ask black people or other impacted employees to share when these situations come up unless they volunteer to do it. Unless we volunteer to do it ourselves, don't be asking us shit, right? (laughs) Don't assume that we'll be able to provide resources and education on demand. It ain't my job. It's not my job. Oh my God, man, that gets me a little fired up right now. I kind (laughs) of thinking about it, right? How many times have you had to do it? Yeah, I mean, uh, plenty, plenty. But again, as we're starting to kind of frame up those secrets 
for employees. I mean, this is some helpful stuff yeah. for you to, if you got to rewind and listen to this again, that's cool. If you need to send us an email to get some clarification, go ahead and do that. Yeah, you know, no but now here are the four secrets that corporations, in our opinion, should implement in order for them to do the right thing. Yeah. So first is develop a long-term plan to combat racism and other biases in the workplace. There is a new movement to move away from corporate social responsibility to corporate social justice, okay? So corporate social justice centers the focus on measurable lived experiences of groups harmed and disadvantaged by society. Mm-hmm. Corporate social justice requires a long-term framework between the company and its employees, customers, shareholders, and the community with explicit goal of doing good by all of them. Yeah. So you can't just do what's right in... For you know, the shareholders, yeah, which everybody it, it, always says. Exactly. Right? Social good and building a just society becomes a necessity, not a marketing strategy or a PR tactic. Yeah, so not that woke. Absolutely. So again, this is for corporate. You know what we're talking about. Mm. If you're sitting here thinking to yourself, I wonder if when we did X... Does this fit into that? It probably does. Right. It probably does. Stop doing that shit. Stop that's, doing what, it. that's what we're saying. Stop doing it. Just stop it. All of that performative art, yeah. if you will. A secret number two for corporations is just help reduce the stress for your employees. This is so simple. Provide mental health resources when these events come up because we're struggling. And we're processing and trying to work our way through all of this and figure stuff out, right? Offer paid time off or more flexibility with work schedules. Mm -hmm. Allow extensions on deadlines or temporarily just redistribute some work to other people who aren't impacted by all of this. And maybe just even think about canceling or postponing non-urgent meetings. Just create some space to reduce some stress. And again, that might be hard because what we're talking about may not necessarily impact you. Right. Or your family. You know, or this, but it might impact some of your employees. That report. no doubt, some of your leaders, some of your senior leaders that you don't really don't even know exactly. I mean, you ask them to show up for all day retreat or you know <laughs> exactly. shit like that. You know, <laughs> you know the and, day and, after and, somebody and, got shot. And we're in COVID, talking about in person right. all day shit. Yeah, like, we ain't got man, time for that. Come on, man, <laughs> we ain't got time for, for that. real. Right. So number three for me for corporations, okay, implement. A zero tolerance policy for racist employees. Done. Now, we know they out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can look at their LinkedIn's. You can look at their Facebook's and all of that type of stuff. Right. And if an employee is going to invite their boss and everyone else to their LinkedIn and their right. Facebook pages, you're subject to this. Absolutely. Okay? And it's not just racist. It could be sexist, homophobic, whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah, right? absolutely. At some point, we just have to just shut racist people down, right? right? Like, you just got to cut that shit out. You just got to be like, this is not called for, right? This isn't a First Amendment argument. Not at all. (laughs) Okay, this is not, you know? That's the rope of dope. Exactly. This is a value statement as an organization. Take a stand and hold people accountable. And real quick, we're still trying to find and prosecute people who we're involved in the insurrection. Yeah. If you want to call it an insurrection. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, I know a lot of people have kind of stopped talking about because, you know, this is old news now. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But the shit still happened. 
Damn okay. So, but again, you have to take a stance at some point in terms of a zero tolerance policy for racist employees or racist behaviors or activities. No doubt. No doubt. And the last secret, secret number four that corporations and I'll say other organizations, too, can take to eliminate bias and racism is to look for intentional and unintentional discrimination patterns in all your processes, your policies and your systems. Look at your hiring and your recognition and your promotion practices. Look at the data. What Mm -hmm. is it telling you? Right. Look at your supply chain. Who are you doing business with? Look at who are you trying to sell your products to? Look at your customers. Look at your philanthropic and political support, right? And the other thing is, like, I get the process or the idea of having a diverse interview panel or trying to get a diverse applicant pool. But if in your mind you already have a candidate, an internal white candidate slotted for the position— then stop the theatrics. Don't get other people excited about the opportunity or the possibility when there really isn't. There isn't one. Okay. Or don't have one Asian person or Hispanic person or black person on the interview panel. If their opinion really doesn't matter. If everybody else is white, I mean, if you got five people on there and four people are white and one person is You've already made the call. It don't matter what that BIPOC person says. The call's already made. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? This is bigger than it being... Diversity is gender. Yes. It's bigger than some of those other things. Like at the end of the day, Keith, as you're talking about the intentional versus like the unintentional discrimination, this is the shit we're talking about. Just look at as a leader. As a leader. You're getting paid a lot of money. That's right. As a leader of people. Yes. We shouldn't have to tell you this for the first Not time. Not at all. And I implore you just to be curious. How about that? Can we just do <laughs> right, that? Right, just right. be curious. Ask a question. Like, Absolutely. Wonder Absolutely. how things are going. And again, you know, as we're wrapping up here, if you want to find out more resources on these secrets and the receipts that we provided today, just go to our website, secrets.com, and look in the show notes of every episode. Every episode, we provide all the resources, you know, not all of them, but most of the resources mm-hmm. we talk about in each of these episodes to let you dive a little deeper to see what's going on and what we're talking about. So look, I mean, Keith, I know we probably spent a little bit more time today than we normally would, but this is emotional. Okay, we got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot going on. Personally and as business individuals, we have a lot kind of happening right now. I just want to make sure that we take some time to show our appreciation for the Secrets community and all of our listeners. You keep us going. Absolutely. So again, be sure to check out, as Keith mentioned before, like check out our resources on this particular topic. Check out our website, you know, as well. I mean, we have a ton of things out there and just keep double clicking. Just keep double clicking. Just keep clicking. That's right. And if you like what we're given and want to know how you can help us out, again, as we always say, go on Apple. Like us on the Apple platform, like that podcast, write a review, rate us. It'll be outstanding. Follow us on LinkedIn. We got two groups on LinkedIn. We got a regular LinkedIn group, and then we have a transformational group that we'll use to, you know, discuss a lot of different topics and engage you and reach out to you and have those conversations about things that are going on in your career. Again, buy some merch. We got coaching, too. Yep. We've already, with our coaching, we've given a lot of people some opportunities, some life-changing uh, opportunities for them. 
And lastly, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. We're working on launching some special features and content on Patreon, including full-length interviews of, yep. of past guests. And we want you all to be a part of that. So look, Keith, man, we've been at this for a while. So I know the right thing right the now. Right, the the right. right thing to do right now, like Spike Lee said, the right thing uh, right now to do is to refill these cups. You got that. Okay. You ain't Now lying. I'm going to pour a little extra in my cup this week as we toast my pops who transitioned into paradise a couple of weeks ago. Rest yeah. in peace Rest to in that peace. brother, right? Rest in peace. That was a true entrepreneurial inspiration for me, right? That mm -hmm. brother did it all. He, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on Secrets. We love you. We so appreciate you. Absolutely. And just remember, when we share you transform. All right. Take care, everybody. Peace. Ooh-wee! Thank you all for listening today. Hopefully you gained a secret or two that can be applied as your journey continues. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, and donate via Patreon. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Don't forget to tune in next time for more Hot Fire. Until then, cheers! <laughs>